from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast, the irreverent edition. <laughs> Welcome to the show, buttheads. We're going to go to jail, and then we're going to go to church. All in a tiny house. Hey, this is MJ. And this is Mark. There so simple. How y'all doing? Good. Is that tea-colored milk, or is that... It's interesting. It's almost like a... Was that you, or did someone actually drop something? <laughs> <laughs> It's the chain gang. We've got all kinds of new gadgets Mark's in the playing. studio, and Mark is playing with them like a three-year-old child. Not- oh, wait a minute. We forgot to introduce our other co-host. Oh, that's right. We forgot. Alexa, can you sing us a song? Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> the tents go up, the sun goes down, campfire heats up, we gather round. Perfect time for me to take notes. We watch the fireflies dancing in the moonlight tonight. Here we are along the trail, having walked both hill and dale until we find the perfect sight that makes us want to stay the night the tents go up the sun goes down campfire <laughs> so sorry up. listeners mm. we gather round we watch the Jeff Bezos again sponsorship <laughs> we're going to talk to her about that she does have a nice voice though mm-hmm. thank you Alex wow <laughs> I wonder how they do that. Do they combine the? Do they allow the AI to just create the song, or is is someone like voiceovering the song and then it just? It always sounds like her, so I don't know. And I don't know how many songs she knows because it seems like a lot. Yeah, it's really cool. I was wondering if we're going to have to eventually like pay for the privilege or something. Us? Yeah, I'm having her sing for our show. Oh. So better not mention Bezos too many times. We might come up on his radar. Uh oh. Yeah, everything is possible with Amazon. Yep, absolutely. So, um, so Michelle just regaled me with, I was going to go to the guest, but we don't usually do that right away, so we're not going to right now. We're going to stick with our original Sorry, model. We're all, over, we're all right. over the place. We're all over the place. So, um, is it okay for me to regale the, the audience about what you showed me about 10 minutes ago, Michelle? Sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Michelle just regaled me. That's not the right word. Michelle just revealed to me the design, the architecture, I wouldn't say architectural. Is that SketchUp or is it, what is that? That's a rendering. A rendering of the tiny house that she is designing for the big giant Street of Dreams unveiling that we talked about several episodes ago where she had been invited to design a tiny house as a uh, a promotional, what am I going to say? Charity giveaway. Yeah, charitable platform. Charitable platform. Thank you. Well said. Thank you. And as you're listening to this, you can go tour it right now. That's true. It's going (laughs) July what through what? It's actually uh, the last week of July through the last week of August. Oh, last. Oh, I don't oh, know I the actual. Oh, yeah. That's not the load in. Oh, okay, gotcha. Right. Yeah. Um, the load in is actually like the first week of July. Gotcha, yeah. So yeah, freaking out. I got three months left. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Can you mention who your white boxer, bo- boxer is? Or should not we not yet? Yeah. Okay, We're gonna good. wait on that. That's all right. Let's 
Really? Even though it's coming out in... That's okay. It doesn't matter. And so, yeah, it's really, really a beautiful design. And I'm looking forward to seeing it in person. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the wheels on that design. Are they really going to stick out like that? (laughs) And also... I've never seen a Ferris wheel in a tiny house And neither have I. That's so amazing. And that freaking... Never mind. (laughs) Well, the trailer's custom design. So, you know, I put custom wheels on it, too. You know, those mags, those really fancy ones. Or the ones that keep spinning after you stop. Exactly, the spinners. (laughs) Just keep them spinning. Just something that just keeps going solar. Yeah, and then Uh, in line with our guest and the people that she affiliates with, I'm going to ask, is the car going to, is the tiny house going to be able to jump up and down like this? (laughs) Jump around. Jump Jump around. around. Jump Jump up, jump up, jump jump down. down. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know Michelle would be able to join me on that shit. Wow. <laughs> Rockin'. We're, we're on all cylinders today yep. as opposed to our last Thank show. you. I appreciate that. It has been a ton of work. We're still the collaboration. We're still trying to tweak the design to make sure that it's um, appropriate for the venue. I really wanted to start with a simpler design. Um, I wanted <clears throat> to sort of almost be rebellious um, in that regard. and Throw um, up a yurt. Yeah, exactly. I I don't know. Like, again, we we talk so much about $100,000 tiny houses, and that's so not the point, Mm. right? Well, Um, the one you've designed looks really nice, though, Michelle. Oh, yeah. It's got really high-quality services. Thank you. Yeah, it'll be amazing. We had a meeting a couple of days ago, and and someone had asked me what it's going to retail for. And I won't say that now, but I, I will say what I told them. I said... Just so you understand, and this I'm in a in a room full of traditional builders, and I said, just so you understand, the finishes and appliances will easily double the price of a tiny house. Wow! Which is not the case on a sure. of course on a traditional house, right? Well, of course, yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, so I'm like, until we install and until everything gets in, we really don't know what the retail value yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, you know, by the time you add the four thousand dollar, you know, stove and oven and stuff that I would normally not be able to afford at all. That's been the funnest part. Is I normally don't have money for a build, and so that's been the funnest part. Is it, the carte blanche? You can have anything. Having you want. cash. It's exactly. interesting because when my experience. In the days that I was watching TV, when people do some sort of a tribute to firefighters or to uh, soldiers, they tend to create a motif that's very firefighter-like or soldier-like, like red, white, and blue, and guns and ammo and things like that, or fire hoses and slide poles and stuff like that. And your your design is much not that. Right. It's not that at all. Well, the house itself, again, is is supposed to be sort of blend into the background. So we're going to have a nod, of course. I'm calling it a decor, you know, a decor nod to patriotism um, in general. Um, I wanted to be very, very light-handed on mm, that. Good for you. Because we also don't know what type of veteran. We don't know whether or not it's a female or male. Mm. We don't n- really exactly know where this house is going to end up. Well, so. and he could also, he or she could also not be p- very proud of their service. Mm. I'm not. Yeah. Right. So, but again, I don't know if it's going to be Army or Navy or, you know, male or female right. or if they're going to have um, ability issues, you know, a disability or something where right. they need to. So, um, yeah, I, I want it to be very um, generic, I guess you would call it mm-hmm. from that perspective, but just really, um, but I've got some very cool stuff planned mm-hmm. for artwork. I personally believe that anyone who lives in that is going to really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It just looks really beautiful. Thank you. I'm yeah, very, I'm yeah. extremely, extremely proud and I've got some really good feedback from, from quote unquote the client. Cool. Very I've good. got um, something for you that I think we're going to get here for the office at Ned Space. Mm-hmm. It's called uh-oh, Flags of Valor. Mm-hmm. Wooden flags made by vets 
where the proceeds go to to veterans. Oh wow! And they're and like the one I think I'm going to get. It's like four by six feet. Wow! What is it? Is it an American flag? It's an American flag, and then there's variations. There's smaller ones, but then there's also the Marine you know, Corps the one flag and the Navy flag. Well, and, and then the one that's like the tribute to firefighters, mm-hmm. and the one that's a tribute to policemen, fallen policemen. Right, so the one yeah. has like a little blue strip near the I bottom see, of right. it, and the other has a red strip, I think. But oh, they're awesome. beautiful looking wooden, big wooden flags, and then yeah. they're painted. And hand painted by vets. Yeah, wow. it's in Virginia or someplace. Oh, yeah. very cool. So one thing Virginia. we've just we, so we have um, we have a guest. Oh, we, we have, have. A folding <laughs> countertop. We have a guest. We have a guest today. <laughs> <laughs> Forget her. Let's keep talking. We're having a good time. Oh, I'm just kidding. Well, we have a folding. We'll, just real quickly we'll, we'll, on that, yeah, we have, we'll get to have that in a second. Folding countertop um, in the bathroom. I noticed so that one of the things that. Tiny house bathrooms normally don't have a lot of counter space. So we have one that's actually in a fold down. So when it's up against the wall, mm-hmm. it's a it's going to be a solid butcher block or something mm-hmm. or a maple slab. <clears throat> so when it's up against the wall, the artwork side or that side is actually we're going to use a CNC machine. Oh. And we're actually going to put a American flag um, in the wood Ooh. itself. Now that's nice. That's Understated. Cool. Exactly. So when it's on the wall, yep. you can see it, d- it doesn't nice. look like a piece of butcher block hanging yep. on the wall. Right. Yep. And then when you flip it down, of course, it becomes the countertop. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's little touches like that, really, that we're sort of concentrating on. As uh, you know, as I think about that, though, there might be a regulation prohibiting the use of the flag like that. Flag, yeah, Cut when it's meat. down like that. Flag. I don't know if you can do that. Actually. <laughs> I don't know if you could do that. <laughs> you might not be able to do that. What do legally. you mean? Well, there's there's specific regulations on how the flag is to be displayed and what it can be. What but an actual flag or yeah, a variation well, of it? I don't like, know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So it's it's interesting. Hmm. I guess it doesn't note really to matter. self. In other words, yeah, just yeah, to just self. in case. Yeah. Speaking of up against a wall. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, <laughs> click our guest. Our guest today. Yeah, click. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that she has this sense of yes, humor. Yes. <laughs> um, Linda Donaldson is representing. Uh, this really org- really awesome organization called Fresh Start Ventures. They uh, provide. You okay over there, Mark? Yep. Yeah. They provide. They. We. I'm not really clear at this point, but we're going to be in a little bit as to whether or not they actually build tiny homes for the clientele they serve, or whether they just facilitate the entry of the folks into the tiny homes. There you go. We're going to find out. Yep. Yeah. And I'm I'm yeah. being, I'm being a little bit general on the clientele because I want um, our guest, Linda Donaldson, to spill the beans on that or to, as they say, open the cells. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was a corny one. Yeah. Linda, welcome to the show. I, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'd be, I'm happy to tell you more. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so originally, you know, we had no plans of getting in the tiny home business at all. Um, Neither but, did I. You know, there's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's a story with everything. Um, but um, what we do at Fresh Start is we help people who have been incarcerated transition out of incarceration. Um, and how that, you know, looks is, you know, that's with housing, uh, with employment, education, entrepreneurial uh, incubation mentors, things like that. Um, and so, um, you know, how we got involved in it was about, I'll tell you, it was about 16 years ago. Um, my husband and I had a, bu- a business that had failed. Um, it was during the height of the re- recession. People owed us a lot of money. 
um, uh, we, it was a furniture building business and we'd complete our orders and people went pick them up and they claimed bankruptcy on us. And, mm. you know, it just, it was just going downhill fast and we weren't paying things and just getting behind. And so one day we went to our mailbox and found a bunch of letters from a defense, defense attorney explaining that they could help us in our criminal defense. Um, surprise criminal descent so we, De- defense yeah defense. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i thought she said we, descent too right we had no idea what what that even meant and so we called our attorney and he looked it up for us and he's like uh you've got these counts against you for you know failure to pay things and basically it was debtors debtors um accusations so uh, he took us to a judge, and we had the warrant set aside. So we were actually going to get arrested, but he had it set aside. But the detective working on our case didn't like that. Went to another judge. This was before everything was automated. And and um, a couple of days down the road, uh, there was we woke up, and there's five police cars in our driveway, and we were arrested in front of our crying children. What? The wow! Hell? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? What state, so we, what state was yeah, this we in? Went, what yeah, century? We, we, yeah, <laughs> right. So we went to jail for a couple hours, um, but it, it, you know, it, we, you know, quickly got it solved and straightened out. But oh. that was just very horrific to us. Uh, it was, you know, very. Of course, you can imagine all the shame we went through. We were in the newspaper. We lost mm-hmm. everything, um, and we had to really rebuild our lives again. And um, so my my husband is a builder. He he mostly builds swimming pools, and I'm an environmental health and safety professional. Hmm. And about six years ago, he, um, Dave is his name, he had this really strong feeling like, you need to go serve in the jail. And he's like, hell no, I'm not going <laughs> back there, you know? And, uh, you know, he, it just kept coming to him, it kept coming to him. And so he got the paperwork, filled it out, and surprise, they let him in jail <laughs> to serve. Um, but one of the things we started seeing was um, that people would leave and then they would come back again. Yeah. And so the average rate of recidivism in the state of Utah currently is 70%. Yeah. Yeah. So in fact, the women that I work with um, at the time, when I first started working with them, their average return rate rate was 11 times um, that they had been back. And I think the record in the state of Utah is 80 80 times. Oh, wow. Yeah. moly. Right. And so we started to learn that people would leave and there was just no no support for mm-hmm. them. And there'd be things like shaming and shunning and there, uh, just a new way to try and deal with things. It was really <clears throat> hard to overcome. And so we felt like there was something that we could possibly do. Uh, you know, we had a personal interest and um, we felt like you know, something more has to be done, so we start a fresh start. And so we entered into the nonprofit world. And so housing, you know, it's a big issue that people deal with. Um, you know, here in Utah, we have something called the good landlord laws. And um, we're natives, 
we're California natives, and so we we didn't know about this. But essentially, um, they allow for background checks on housing, which you know doesn't sound so bad, right? If you're um, if you're formerly incarcerated, it does. <laughs> right, right, right. And here's the catchy part: um, uh, municipalities in our area will charge landlords extra fees if they rent to someone with a criminal background. Really? Yeah. Charge extra, not give a yeah. break. To. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So tax, wow. taxes or fees, and and so you can mm. imagine what this does for the population we work with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Linda, Linda, I have a couple questions. Yeah. First of all, why did you move to Utah from California? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. So we, yeah, that's another story. But yeah, we ended up moving here. Um, we've gotten a job offer and housing was more affordable. And, you know, we we're young and we, we were just starting our family out. We had like three kids. So, um, yeah, so. Are, are you, so, yeah. are you, were you at the time Mormon? Yes. Oh, you were? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We just connected the dots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and are you now Mormon still? We're hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best answer yeah. ever. Okay. And so, so okay, so you, you have a good sense of humor, so you're not going to feel offended by the next question I'm going to ask. What <laughs> is it about Utah that has you able to put people in jail when, they, when they're when they behind on paying their debts? I mean, it, I know yes. there are other states that have that, but my gosh, that seems right. harsh. Yeah. No, yeah. that's crazy. That's just crazy. What, what is it? No, I want to. I want to hear what Linda has to say. Yeah, what no, What is it about the legislature there that has that law in the books? You know, I yeah, I, I can't answer that question. Mm. But um, you know, I I can say you know it's 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 sad. You know, because you know when we're talking about getting denied housing because of a criminal background, you know, there's people like us. There's you know, many people like us who, you know, were just like had businesses that failed. Um, and or to, you know, they call them white collar crimes. So, um, it's not even so, yeah. a crime well, yeah, for I mean, a business usually, to fail. Usually losing everything in your life. That's kind of enough of a payment. Exactly. You know? It's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like there's this, no offense to Mormons, but it's, it's <laughs> like there's this religious overtone where, the shaming is is or ostracism or excommunication, whatever you want to call it, is like really prevalent, kind of underground in the laws there. Where, I mean, failing at a business should not be a crime; it should be a learning opportunity. It's certainly not going to encourage right. entrepreneurialism. And, yeah, yeah. And remember, this was you know sixteen years ago, so things have you know changed, mm. and they're slowly. Hopefully, they, they are slowly yeah. changing. But I will, you did You did bring up something that is the shaming part. And so that's something that we try to work on. And I, and I think that there are some changes starting to happen. But our approach is that, um, you know, that people just need to be loved. And if yeah. we're to love each other yeah. um, wholly, then we're, we don't shame or judge. Right, right. And, and it doesn't matter, you know, where you come from, what your religious beliefs are, what your sexual, uh, you know, um, type is, whatever, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We love you. Yeah. 
So you said that oh. um, you said that your you know husband was was being called and he was quote unquote let back in um, prison. So how does the how does the program work? How do you work? Do you do you do in prison um, sort of counseling or do once they get out they're referred to you? Like how does that? It seems to me here's here's the thing. It seems to me like every single person that then gets out of jail they don't end up on your doorstep. There's got to be like a referral a qualification process or qualification process or something, right? How does that work? Yeah, so we um, or maybe we, they do. We met these men out in uh, one of the prisons here. So there's two main prisons here in Utah. One of them is in Gunnison, which is pretty remote remote area. They started this. Um, they they actually created their own curriculum for ch- transition, and it's you know talking about another debtor's prison. One of the men uh, who is there who who. Uh, created the program his name is Dennis Wynn um you know he he created this great program to help the other men that he was housed with and it it's turned into a really life-changing curriculum and it's a year-long program and it goes over five main areas which is uh social emotional physical spiritual and financial mm-hmm. And there's a lot of writing on it, and they work on becoming. Well, we decided that we would use that program for anybody um, that we help. And so we uh, go into the jail um, here at the Utah County Jail. We go into the prison um, at that's closer to us, which is in Draper, and we work with the women um, with this program in Draper. And um, then we mentor um, so we, we work as mentors and we bring mentors in and we help with the transition needs as, um, before they're released. That's mm-hmm. kind of how that works. Okay. And then when, where do the tiny houses come in? So, yeah. So, um, you know, we decided that they were affordable, um, and, uh, we saw this idea in, I think it was Multnomah County, uh, in, in Oregon area. <laughs> Um, where uh, people were uh, housing homeless in their backyard. So tiny homes actually have not been approved as a single dwelling in very many areas here in Utah, but they have been approved as accessory dwellings. And so we took that idea. We found some mentor families who are willing to host um, an accessory dwelling, tiny home, Mm -hmm. in their backyard with somebody in our program. And um, we will be um, having them pay affordable rent, whatever it is they can afford. And it's all based on a sliding scale. That money goes into a trust fund for them for five years. And when after the five years, we take that trust that that money and we use it as down payment for their own tiny home or a condo or whatever type of permanent housing they want to get into. And then in the meantime, the mentor family gets to keep the tiny home and do whatever they, whatever they want with it basically. So they can rent it out or use it for family. Hmm. That's great. Um, Perry knows this, but Michelle doesn't. So when I was in prison last Thursday, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> down in Salem again, again. again yeah. down in Salem we actually met with a, 
a group of 10 prisoners that are part of a business in a box program. And uh, they each have their own businesses inside the prison. Um, so we had a lot of questions. And <clears throat> one of the things, you know, they have very limited media access. So mm-hmm. they have to like kind of get like shows on thumb drives and right. things like that. So one of the subjects that they're extraordinarily interested in is tiny homes. Really? It was like, are you really? It's like, yeah. So that was fascinating. So there's a definite tie-in here. Yeah. Um, and then... Yeah, I, I find that a lot of the women um, are talking to me about tiny homes. You know, it's, it, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Actually, it, it kind of makes sense. Well, when you think, and you think about the size of a tiny home relative to it, no, I'm not trying to be funny. I know. That, that they're, they're accustomed pro- to a smaller lifestyle. They're accustomed lifestyle. to a smaller lifestyle, and I think that probably gives them a sense of comfort if they've been in that situation for a long time. So, Linda, one of the, yeah. things, one of the things I'd like to ask you is we actually have another <clears throat> show in the network here called Felony Inc., where we talk to ex-felons that have done their own startups. Oh. So there's some people you know that might be great guests on that show, including yourself. Um, and a book I was going to recommend to you, if you're not familiar with it, along with listeners that might be interested, is called Second Chances by Catherine Hoke. And Catherine started Defy Ventures, which is... Yes. Uh, do you know her? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so we've actually spoken to Catherine before. Perfect. So. Yeah. Cool, anyway. Wonderful. So getting back to your program, so the, so as I understand it, the 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 uh, former con or the the former prison person comes out and he, he or she can rent a tiny house as that is an ADU in, in one of your mentor participants backyards and the money yeah. that they pay into rent goes into a trust fund at the end of 5 years that money is used to down pay on some sort of dwelling that they get to have and mean, right. is, is it possible that that down payment can go down on the tiny house that's the ADU of the the particip- of the mentors place or does it have to be a different or new tiny house yeah so um it wouldn't be possible just because of the zoning right. here in utah mm. for them to be able to buy i mean it, it's possible that they could buy it and move it if that's if the, that's the arrangement that we could work you know work I've, if that's what the host family mm-hmm. wants to what do what i but, understood from the program yeah. too is that it the mentors, part of their motivation to participate is oh. they get the tiny house at the end of the five I years. See. It sounds like an amalgamation of what the um, Multnomah <laughs> County has done. Remember mm-hmm. they talked about yeah. doing that. It sounds like a little bit of a, a tiny house version of, of what Multnomah County was was uh, yeah, proposing. Very much so, so. Yeah. who, I have a quick question, not a quick one, but you know. A three-parter. No, <laughs> <laughs> actually, this one isn't. It actually is a quick question, I guess. Who builds the tiny houses? That was going to be my mm. next one. So, yeah, so we have all, it's all volunteer base um, that is working on building them. So, yeah. Does your, does your husband uh, project manage or lead that construction effort? Yes. Okay. So he's on the, is he predominantly on the um, housing fulfillment side and you're predominantly on the rest of the business or what? How's that? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that why you're talking to us instead of him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he around? That's right. <laughs> is he around? Yeah, we could call him if you want to call. If oh no, talk to him. If he's a telephone to call away, that's okay. But I thought if he would be in the room, it'd be if nice. If he's in the next room, yeah, hey. have yeah. Him, no. yeah, nice coming to say hi. No. Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. So, how long has your program been around? So we've uh, we're we're just starting up. We've been around for a year and a half. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, we're just starting up. Wow. Brand new. And where does your funding come from? Um, it's all private funding. 
like your like your own yeah. or or other donors? No, other people. So what, one of the other things is um, we're being graciously donated fifteen acres of land. Wow! Um, in our area, um, so we're looking to change that zoning as well. Right now, it's zoned for agricultural, but yeah. Interesting, but yeah, we're 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 always looking like all no, nonprofits. We're always looking for more funds. Oh, yeah. um, one of the issues that we deal with with the tiny homes is you know because that they're going into people's backyards for them to get approved is we have to be pretty versatile on um, the types, so they have to match the home in order oh. to get approved by the city no that allow for that. Yeah. Right, and so we we are always looking for plans um, that are people are willing to donate mm. um, because we have to have a variety to choose from. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, now I have a yeah. two-part question. Okay, and then Okay, part one. Clarification. Um, these tiny houses are on wheels, correct? No, they're on... Uh, well... Only so that that is a two part question. So you're getting um, two part answer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Part B is so, on hold. Okay. Uh, yeah. So there's a couple of um, cities that allow them to be on wheels, and then there's a couple that will not. So so yeah, it's both. So when they're not, what are they on a pad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then my second part of the question is, what is the scope of your work? Um, so if you were to look forward to, let's say, five years from now, do you envision having a thousand houses in this program? Uh, talk a little bit about the scope, where you are now, and then where you hope to be. Yeah, so where we are now is we're in the process of building our very first one. Um, and where we hope to be in, you know, say, did you say 10 years from now? Five. <laughs> yeah, so we, we hope to have our property developed and we ha have 150 um, dwellings on, on there, with, which would be a community. Yeah. Uh, kind of like the one so in Austin. Yeah, yeah, I've seen like that, that a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, um, and then we, um, you know, the... One of the things that we know doesn't work is um, isolating people. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the reasons why the mentors have really worked out well for the people that we're working with. And so we, we do not see envision our property being strictly, the, um, you know, ex-offenders. Um, because that wouldn't be healthy for anyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we see it a good, a good mix. And then um, the mentor families as well. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, you know, we don't have any numbers mm -hmm. set for that because that's all volunteer. But right now we've had four that have come forward, which isn't a lot, but we haven't been publicizing a lot either. So. Interesting. Does the, does the Mormon church um, provide funding for this kind of thing? Like, are they charitable in that way? Um, you know, I've got volunteers coming out of the woodwork mm -hmm. and then people, you know, will um, give money. But we haven't received any funds from the church itself. Okay. So on no. an individual basis. Yeah, individual like basis. Right, like yeah. yeah. So for all the... Uh, government officials that are out there listening right now. Which is zero. Which is zero, so start listening. <laughs> exactly. Why don't you look at a fantastic program like this and start offering funds 
to 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 help decrease recidivism. Yeah, pay on results basis. Yeah, so because you're going to cut a lot you're of costs save that so way. much money. You're spending like eighty to hundred grand a year per, per prisoner. Ten years. That's a million bucks. I mean, right. fund this type of program exactly because it's going to have amazing results. We'll see, and this is the challenge: is the, is the so I'm going to go on a little tiny soapbox here. I think our society is so focused on punitive actions instead of remedial and proactive actions that can make punitive actions unnecessary. So, like instead of putting people in prison and then having to have those people come back eighty times or seven times or eleven times or whatever it is. Why not set up a program, even if they're the first-time offender, set up a program so when they get out, they have a place to stay, they Mm -hmm. have people they can interact with, they can get the mentorship and the training and coaching that they need in order to become better people, as opposed to just letting people out there on their own, struggling and... Waiting for them to come back. Waiting for them to come back. Of which there's financial incentive for a lot of people for that to happen. For them to come back? Absolutely. Well, that's the the challenge, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, you're speaking our language, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting it, that uh, there's there's a lot of people that speak this language. It's just interesting that there's there's there must be an equal or larger number of people that speak the other language, which is like well, it's too bad, it's their fault. They get what's coming to them, you know, all that kind of. But stuff. But there's also the personal, like somebody fucked my car up. Somebody yeah. broke into so my something did something wrong to me yeah. and they may never get caught, but I hope those people spend all the time yeah. they should in prison. Yeah. So there's that attitude Revenge. that that them that should be pay for it, yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, and I think that um yeah. there's also um um an almost literal uh physical, cultural divide between the us's and the thems. The yeah. them being the criminals, yeah. yes, yeah. and so yeah. I think that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is is and that goes back to the shaming. I mean, I'm not saying anything, you know, really, really groundbreaking here, but but again, their culture, their friends, their family, their people mm-hmm. are still behind bars. Mm-hmm. So right. they come yeah. out um, shamed or not. Mm-hmm. Um, they come out feeling like they're in, you know, they're not welcome. Right. Um, again, even it doesn't necessarily have to take a, a physical form. Mm-hmm. It's just that they don't know how to operate in a society. Um, don't go sit in a Starbucks and not order coffee. Exactly, <laughs> exa- and be black. And be black. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I it's, mean, it, it's interesting. The structure, the structure that exists in some places, heightens the shame and the ostracism and the aloneness. But, I mean, if you have these laws like what um, Linda is describing, where the landlords can basically discriminate um, and do so legally against ex. How, how did you how did you call them, Linda? Ex offenders. Ex offenders. Ex offenders. Then how on earth are you supposed to get over that stigma? It's just oh. It's just, right, and how do you not end up? I mean, for the women, how do you not end up? Uh, you know, getting together with in an, an unhealthy relationship again. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, if you've got, you want to get your kids back, mm-hmm. um, and so you need a place to stay, mm-hmm. and the place to stay is with a, a companion who is not healthy for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so there you are down that road again. Mm-hmm. Well, they have challenges, as I understand it. You know, they have challenges. Some of them are not allowed to have driver's license or bank accounts mm-hmm. or yep. um, to buy mm-hmm. property. Um, in many cases, they're not even allowed to vote. So, 
again, I'm I'm right in the middle. Like I don't I don't know where I stand on this issue. I think it's super super complex. But I do certainly recognize that even for someone like me, um, if they took away my driver's license, um, my bank just take away my driver's license and my bank account, mm-hmm. like you're done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so uh, you know maybe that's how we bridge the divide is sort of make this language or make this um, challenge. Um, have you know people uh, that are not convicts to sort of wrap their head around it and go okay we're gonna take your car now what do you do right. you know well and showing success stories like dave Dahl, people yeah. that have come out of prison after four times in 16 years and have made a success of themselves you have to have something to shoot for oh yeah. that's true yeah. you have to have goals i mean one of the challenges i know they faced at dave's color bread was they basically overhired felons overhired they, cre- they created a prison-like atmosphere uh, at, in, work. at work. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's, mm-hmm. there's a balance in everything yeah. that you're doing right. here. Yeah. Right, yeah. It, it goes yeah, back. and so that's where we go back to, you know, our our community that we're building. Um, you know, we've said, okay, uh, well, we've had housing authorities say, you know, probably don't shoot for more than 10% of your participants in that community. Um, so we, we don't know how that'll work out exactly yet. Um, like I said, we're still waiting on zoning, but, you know, it's integrating, um, you know, people who need some healthy relationships, um, together and those that want to reach out, but just don't know how they don't know how to make those connections. And so many people want to be helpful, but they just don't know how to do it. So we kind of see ourselves as facilitating that process even volunteering in prison by the way it's quite the <laughs> you really have to go quite through the gauntlet mm-hmm. i've done it a, a few times myself mm-hmm. um you have to pass the background checks i mean even just offering your help to those that are already incarcerated even that is yep. really mm-hmm. challenging well it's a tough it's a tough call for a lot of people you know when there's other issues and children related issues right. and fuzzy animals that are cute and everything right. else yeah. they're a tougher subject and yeah. this is one of them yeah that's true yeah. I bet they f- I bet that's one of the challenges in fundraising as well right yeah. I'm yep. I have my my money set aside every year that I'm going to give where am I going to give that's my time and where point. am I going to give my yep. money yep. to yep. the to the children and the fuzzy animals yep. that yep. you know right it's interesting Linda when you say that you're that the how that the uh, zoning people are saying 10% of the population should probably be the population that you want to serve. That's just going to require so many more communities because ten percent is how many? How many houses are you potentially building in this community? One hundred and fifty. Yeah, so like you know, fifteen of them are going to be mm-hmm. ex offenders. Mm-hmm. So you're uh-huh. going gonna to need like twenty more, twenty more developments in order to house to help to, to help a significant yep. number of people right. coming out yep. of there. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So interesting. So interesting. Well. Um. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> so we're in the studio here. We're wondering. We could probably ask you a ton more questions, but I was yeah. wondering where we are. On we're time. doing time check. Yeah, we're time, doing time check. check. <laughs> and so wow. So again, I um I have had the opportunity to go to women's prison a couple of times, and it was very very intimidating. Um, I participated in a program where um, Toastmasters actually also does um, some training inside the prison. So they teach the prisoners how to you know not just speak in public. That's not really the end goal, but it's really more about gathering your thoughts and being able to just even communicate effectively. Um, you know, with people that you may not be comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. So I've, I've mm-hmm. had the opportunity to do that on a couple of occasions. And 
Um, when I went to this prison, however, I was immediately struck by the fact that I anticipated that a certain number of the prisoners would be African-American. I thought they would all be thug-looking, you know. But the pri- <laughs> women's prison that I went to, actually, um, was not that at all. And so when you started, um, Linda, when you started to sort of become involved in this program, did you have sort of similar aha moments about the either the cross-section or the challenges or, like, what was the one thing that surprised you the most when you started sort of going down this path? Yeah, I think, um, you know, um, I, so when we first started going um just so i i it wasn't really surprised because of my own experience i would have to say um the and the women that i work with are so sweet and tender and and you know kind and loving and and they support each other and you know they're there for each other so um you know that just kind of brings to mind an, another issue that we work with when we talk about connections. One of the issues that they deal with is that they're released and then they're not supposed to contact each other anymore. Right. They right. Are. You know? I didn't know that, I didn't yeah. know no. that either. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and then they, they oftentimes they can't go back to their families either because, you know, in the state of Utah, there's a lot of gun carrying permits here. And so there's a, permit holder in the house and you're a felon mm-hmm. uh, for a violent crime you you can't go back <laughs> to your home or you've burned your bridges and you know we don't of course we we don't blame you know the families um for you know wanting their own safety for whatever reason they can't have the extra offender there that's their family member and so then that again creates to more homelessness and then a greater need for connections um so because they don't you know they don't have their families and they don't have each other that that, those strong strong bonds they create very strong bonds in in jail with each other right yeah yeah and they come out and they they're lost um you know if they've been in for a a while um technology has moved forward so fast Mm -hmm. that it's overwhelming um, their deci- decisions are taken away from them while they're in jail and prison. So they have decision overload. So just going to a grocery store can be overwhelming. Yeah. And then when they get in with an employer and the employer's like, geez, why can't you just, you know, get on the computer? Right. Why can't you just make this decision on your own? Well, yeah. they've been spending a lot of their time being told what to do. Mm, and yeah. it's difficult for them to just kind of initiate um, work. And so... <laughs> So, yeah, we see ourselves as, um, you know, really a facilitator throughout the whole process. You guys are doing um, awesome work. Uh, even though you're just starting, I know that there's lots of opportunity there for you guys to grow because the problem sounds really big. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward. There's times where I go to bed at night and I'm like, geez, another grant denial. <laughs> You know, applying for grant after grant and just getting tonight because of the, like you said, you know, we're not talking about cute little puppies here, right. um, which are easy, easier to sometimes fund. And so, um, you know, I'm like, I wonder if I'm doing the right thing. And then I'll have someone that'll come back and say, 
I'm so grateful for how you guys have helped me through this process. And so then I go, okay, that's the reward. Yeah. Well, yeah. Also you're re- doing it. Yeah. And you're also remember it. that your husband received the message. Hmm? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Calling, right? Yeah. And so the path is the path, right? Yep. Right. The path is the that's way. Right. That's right. That's right. So that's it's, right. it's bound to be successful because you got the calling. <laughs> right. You, you wouldn't get a call to a, fa- a path that's doomed to fail, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another evangelical episode of the Tiny House <laughs> Podcast. Um, <clears throat> Got to lighten this up. Should have yeah. asked for him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I could have queued that up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alexa. Never mind. <laughs> she's taking she's, a coffee she's break. Taking a, taking a <laughs> Chewing on a handkerchief. I, I put uh, Alexa to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> she's thinking. thinking exactly. Hard. Yeah. Thinking hard. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for being on the show, Linda. It was a pleasure listening to your story and hearing what you guys are doing. Yeah, and you're doing some great work you. out there. Yeah. Sure. Can I just mention one other thing? Absolutely. Sure. We are having a tiny home event here in Utah which is August 22nd through 25th in Orem at the University Place Mall. So we're trying to get builders, um, free to the public, free to builders. We're just trying to raise awareness about tiny homes here in Utah. Fantastic. Thank you. Is there a website or someplace where people can get more information about or, uh, you know, kind of keep up with what you're doing? Yep. www.freshstartventures.org. Excellent. Nice. Perfect. All right. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) Tiny House listeners, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. Bye. Bye bye. Be good to each other, listeners. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes if you remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon.